Welcome to the Perfume Making Podcast with me, Karen Gilbert. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about the perfume making equipment that you need to get started to create your own fragrances at home. So there is a little bit of a checklist of things that you will need to get started with perfume making. And obviously, you're going to need some perfume materials. And I will go into those on, and actually what materials kit I recommend in the next episode. But in this episode, I'm going to go through the kind of lab stuff that you need to set up your own home perfume making studio, if you like. So this is obviously going to vary depending on whether you are doing this as a hobby, if you're just getting started or whether you are looking to do this as a business professionally. So obviously you're going to, there are going to be a varying degree of qualities of materials um, or an equipment that you need depending on what you're going to do. But what I want to do in this episode is really give you the basics of what would be the minimum kit you need to get started to create your own fragrances. And as I go through each, I'll talk about a few different options, but I am a firm believer in not spending a huge amount when you're getting started. So especially for those of you who are just dipping your toe in the water. And I know that when we start a new hobby or a new interest, we can go online and we can think, oh my God, you know, like I need this and I need this. And we start filling out online shopping baskets. And then before you know it, you, you know, you've racked up hundreds and hundreds of pounds or dollars and then you kind of go, oh God, you know, I can't really afford to spend that much. And you abandon the car and you just like forget about it altogether. So I don't want that to happen to you. So I want you to, if you're going to be doing this as a hobby, take that into consideration. Have a think about the budget that you have available and really stick to it. And you really do not need to spend a lot of money to start off with with equipment. Now, perfume materials can get a little bit expensive depending on what you buy. So I'm going to go into those in a whole, I'm going to dedicate a whole episode to materials themselves. But suffice to say, obviously, you will need some perfume materials to get going. Now, depending on whether you're making 100% natural perfumes or whether you want to have a blend of naturals and synthetics is going to depend on what you need and how much money you spend. Obviously, naturals are often way more expensive than the synthetics. Um, what I would say, though, just in this episode is that I would suggest that when you start to look at perfume materials, and again, I will put in the show notes, if you haven't listened to any of my previous episodes and downloaded the getting started guide, I'll put that in the show notes again for you because that will give you all the ins and outs of where to start. Um, but when it comes to perfume materials, get a small selection of um, naturals, synthetics if you're going to use them. I would one of the things that I just want to say in this episode is that I I never recommend people starting to make perfume with fragrance oils or perfume oils. Now, perfume oils or fragrance oils are pre-blended bases that you can buy online from candle making suppliers, bath bomb suppliers, that kind of thing. That what they are actually are um, pre-made perfume accords in their own right. They're generally not designed to blend together. I only teach perfume making with raw materials. So whenever I'm talking about perfume materials, even aroma chemicals and synthetics, I'm not talking about fragrance oils. I just want to get that 
straight right from the very beginning. So you'll need like a small a selection of essential oils, absolutes, maybe some isolates if you're just using naturals, maybe some aroma chemicals and perfumers bases if you're using synthetics. So I will dedicate a whole episode to that and what you um, need really as the basics and what you might want to add as you go further along. But suffice to say, yes, <laughs> you'll need some perfume materials um, to get started. But this episode is not about that. This is all about the other equipment that you might need. So yes, you're going to also need a base to put your perfume in. So if you're making an oil-based perfume, you're going to need a base oil. So I would suggest you start out with something like jojoba or fraction. I prefer fractionated coconut oil as it's got the longest shelf life. It's the most stable oil. It is a little bit greasy. So you can find some natural um, silicone replacers or some silicone, something like dimethicone. And you'll want something like that as well. I actually prefer to teach people starting out in perfumers alcohol and the reason for that is that you can use perfumers alcohol denatured cosmetic grade ethanol is what that is you can use that to pre-dilute some of your perfume materials to make them a lot easier to work with also if you pre-dilute a selection of your materials as you get going with your making of your perfume it will actually give you a better idea of what the finished scent or finished accord is going to smell like. So I do suggest to my students that they start out when they're experimenting with diluting their materials in some perfumers alcohol. And that is a really good medium to evaluate your materials in, to train your nose in and also to make your perfume in. Now, I would not recommend that you do that in an oil base because you are not going to get the same effect as an alcohol base. So if you are not intending to buy perfumers alcohol and you want to make oil perfumes, don't pre-dilute your materials in oil. Just leave them neat and um, and evaluate them and, and train your nose that way. Um, but I do, as I said before, recommend um, diluting and I will be talking a little bit more about diluting materials in later episodes. So Yes, you need your perfume materials. You need some base medium to make your perfume in, whether it be alcohol or oil. The next thing, talking about training your nose and memorizing your materials or learning your fragrance materials, one of the key pieces of equipment um, you are going to need here are smelling strips or mouillettes. They're sometimes called perfume blotters. So what is the difference between a blotter and a smelling strip? What do you need for what? So what I would recommend is you get some of the very the thinner long smelling strips for dipping into your essential oil bottles, dipping into small vials to evaluate your materials. So those are going to be really, really good for smelling your, you know, initially smelling your materials, whether they're neat or whether they're pre-diluted in alcohol. So the long, thin smelling strips. Sometimes people say, oh, can I use um, cartridge paper? Really, I would say no. What you want are specially 
designed scent strips made from what's called unsized paper. So it's slightly firmer than a cartridge paper. It doesn't get wobbly or bent or soggy if you dip it into perfume. Um, And also it's uncoated. So it hasn't got any coating on it. It hasn't got anything acidic or alkali that's going to like change the scent of your material when you evaluate it. So get yourself some scent strips so you can find them online. Perfume smelling strips, they're sometimes called. Um, I sell them if you're in, well, I do ship worldwide. So I do sell them on my website as well. I'll put a link in the show notes. The other thing that I would suggest you do, there are a couple of different types of smelling strips. So there are the thin ones, which are great for materials. If you want um, scent strips or blotters for evaluating your finished perfumes and you're using a spray bottle, or actually even if you want to evaluate commercial perfumes that you've you've purchased buy some square chunkier blotters so you can use the thinner uh, scent strips for spraying perfume onto but they're not the best medium of evaluating your finished perfume you want a much wider scent strip or like a square or oblong type blotter you know the kind that you but you get in perfume shops these big square ones, those are specially designed for evaluating finished perfumes and you get a much better spread of the of the aroma on those types of blotter than the little thin strips. So two types, but if you're making perfume and you're just buying one type, I would just go with the, the long thin scent strips because they are going to be your most useful for evaluating your materials, evaluating your accords if you're dipping them into beakers. And you can actually obviously evaluate your finished fragrances on them if you dip rather than spray. So scent strips are a must. You are obviously going to need some beakers. So beakers, I generally use the the ones from a lab supply company. You can go online um, and find lab beakers. One of the best places to find lab equipment are school lab supply companies. So if you just type into Google school lab supply equipment, you'll find them that come up and they're actually often cheaper and you can buy in smaller quantities. Failing that, go on to um, either eBay or Amazon and type in lab beakers. The type of beakers you want, you want a few different sizes, right? So you can buy beakers right the way down to five mil, and they're super tiny. I wouldn't buy those. They're too small. You'll knock them over. They're a total waste of time. I would go with um, the minimum size I would go with is something like 25 ml or preferably just go for a 50 ml. So 50 ml beakers, you can buy 100 ml ones, you can buy 200 ml, you can buy all the way up to a few liters for making bigger batches. So when you're just starting out, maybe get a few 50 ml beakers because you're going to just be using them to make accords. So you don't want those that are too big. But if you want something that you can make up a bigger batch of perfume in, maybe go for the bigger ones as well. So beakers, um, you don't need to spend a lot of money on beakers. So one of the things that I see quite a lot, when you look on these lab supply companies, you get you have a lot of different price brackets of beakers. You get the super cheap ones and then you get really like high end expensive ones. Now, because you if you are going to be using those beakers to measure in mills, 
milliliters, you need to go for the expensive ones because they will be the most accurate. However, one of the pieces of equipment that I'm going to suggest that you get is a set of scales. Now, I'll talk about that in a moment, but because you're going to be using scales to weigh your perfume when you make it, you're not going to be using mills. Honestly, you don't really need to worry about accuracy in terms of a beaker. So you can definitely go for the cheaper ones. And in fact, if you don't even want to go for a beaker, if you want to just buy some little cheap amber bottles and measure your blends directly into those, you know, you could skip a beaker altogether. I do like beakers because you can reuse them. You can wash them really easily. You can dry them out. Whereas if you are using bottles to blend, they're a lot harder to get clean if you want to reuse them. So small, cheap set of beakers. Make sure you go for glass, not plastic, because plastic, you're not going to be able to get the scent of the perfume out. Um, so yeah, you don't need many. Um, just, a, just a small set. You can find them really, really cheaply on eBay and Amazon. So let's talk about scales, because this is a super important piece of equipment that you're going to need. So if you are creating fragrances to sell, if you're going to be doing this professionally, you are going to need a really super accurate high-end lab balance. So you want to be looking on a scientific lab supply com uh, lab supply company or a specialist um, lab balance scale supplier. And you are going to be looking at in the region of, you know, like five for the, for the kind of scale that you want at, at a professional level I'm talking about here. You're going to be looking at like $500 plus, 500 pounds plus anywhere in the region of a couple of thousand. This is really prohibitive for a lot of people getting started. So I don't want you to get bogged down in that at all. So I would suggest that you only do that and you only invest that kind of money in a set of scales or a lab balance. If you have a business already, if you know you're going to be doing this professionally, even if you think you're going to be doing this professionally, but you're just starting out, I wouldn't go there right at the very beginning. What I would suggest that you do is you go onto Amazon. And again, I will put a link in the show notes to the, to the kind of thing that I'm talking about here. I would suggest that you get a set of jewelry scales. So you often find these sold as jewelry scales or um, you kind of find them in like head shops as well. Um, but generally they're sold as jewelry scales and I would, you, they're super easy to find on eBay. They're super easy to find on Amazon and you do, you do not need to spend any more than like 20 bucks. Um, I think the ones that I have that I use for my classes. So when I teach my in-person perfume making classes at my studio, um, I give everybody a set of scales to use. Now, if I was going to spend like 500 to 1,000 on a set of scales for every single person, that would totally bankrupt me um, and I would be terrified of them being getting broken. So what I do is I go, give everyone a set of these small jewellery scales. They're easily accessible. I think they cost me about 10 pounds or 15 pounds maximum. They're battery operated. The ones that I use are from a company called Smartway. And what you want when you look online, the type of scale that you want is you don't want it to go up to two kilos or anything like that. I think they're about 200 grams, maybe 500 grams maximum at the top end. But what the most important bit you want to look for when you're buying these jewelry scales is the decimal place. So you want the a set of scales that go down to zero 
0.01. So you want two decimal places. The more zeros you've got to the right-hand side of the decimal place, the lower the amount of material you need to, to register on the scale. So what that means is you can make your trial blends, you can you know, start making your perfumes in tiny, tiny increments, which means that if you wanted to add a tiny touch of a material, you don't need to make up a massive batch of perfume to add that tiny touch of material. And even better, once you've diluted your perfume materials in alcohol, and use a tiny touch of it using one of these scales, um, it really prevents wastage and it really saves a lot of money in terms of your perfume materials. So cheap set of scales to start out with. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, smart way, don't spend more than 20 bucks and you want one that goes down to 0 0.01. Um, or more if you can. It doesn't need to weigh up to two kilos. You can get a set, a set of a very the similar make that goes up to, I think, two kilos, but it goes down to one gram or 0.1 of a gram. That's fine, but you want as many decimal places as possible. So that is a super important piece of equipment that you're going to need. And what else do you need? Obviously, you are going to need um, some bottles to store your dilutions. So when you make your Accords, so your first little trial blends, um, you are going to want to keep a, keep those as reference samples. So you're not going to want to throw them away. So you'll need some little bottles. So what I like to use, I've got a selection. I've got some stubby little bottles that are three mil, five mil, and maybe ten mil. Um, depending on the size of the blend you're creating. So sometimes we want to just do a little experiment and you don't want to waste a whole 10 mil bottle for just a tiny little bit of a blend. So having some smaller options is really, really useful. Um, you can find those online. Again, like you don't need to go to specialist suppliers, you know, depending on where you live in the world. I would first go, I mean, do a bit of a Google search first of all, but I would go to places like Etsy. Sorry, Etsy. Yeah, you can find on Etsy. Sorry, I wouldn't say Etsy first off, but you can find bottles like that on Etsy. Um, I would go to um, eBay, sorry, and Amazon and just Google, just look, do a search for um, Amber, um, perfume bottles, three mil, five mil, 10 mil, that kind of thing. And you'll find some pretty cheap ones. Um, I also like, I've got some bottles that I use in my classes that have got uh, pipette droppers in the top. Now, those I use in my workshops because it's easier for people to use, to make their records, to take them home. Um, what I wouldn't recommend is using those to store your records in or using those to store your materials in. So the thing with dropper bottles with these little rubber teats on the top, they're great for the, a practical purpose. But what you will find is if you store your materials in them or you store your records in them or your finished perfumes in them over time, the rubber on the dropper will start to rot and it will, they'll go squidgy and it just won't be, they'll get sticky and then your perfume will be contaminated. So I would always go, if you're going to be buying bottles to store any accords in or any blends in, I would always go for a screw cap. You can buy the little pipette dropper bottles if it's something that you're going to be using all the time and then you, you change them regularly. Just keep an eye on them. If the rubber starts to go squidgy, you want to discard it and, and swap the top over. Um, so 
on that note, you'll want some pipettes. So pipettes are droppers that are really useful for transferring materials from, say, your essential oil bottles into your beakers or into your bottles that you're going to make your dilutions in. So there are a couple of different types of pipettes. So the ones that are sort of standardly used in the industry are disposable one-use plastic pipettes. Now, they're super cheap. You can find them online. However, you know, we want to try and avoid where possible one-use plastics. So you can use those. And I do still use those for some things because they're just so much easier. You don't need to have to clean them. You you use them for one use and then you throw them away. However, what I am moving towards now is um, a glass pipette. So you can find these online. And what they are are a glass, uh, a short stubby glass pipette with a rubber teat on the end that you can remove. So you buy them in a set. I bought mine from Amazon. And they are glass, the pipette themselves is quite a chunky glass and then the rubber teat comes off. So if you use those with materials or you use them to transfer to a beaker or to a bottle, you can actually clean them out. So in order to clean them out, what you would want to do is, is soak them in alcohol and just like squeeze the alcohol into the pipette and squeeze it out a few times to clean the inside Um, They can be put through a dishwasher. One of the things that you've got to make sure of with anything like this, if you are using water to clean any perfume equipment, you've got to make sure it's really, really dry before you reuse it again. So alcohol is a really good medium for getting mucky bits of absolute sticky perfume materials off of glassware before you wash it. So always rinse it in an alcohol first. You don't have to use your precious perfumer's alcohol for this. You can get what's called rubbing alcohol or isopropyl alcohol. It's a really good alcohol to use for cleaning down surfaces, for, you know, sterilizing things and for cleaning equipment as well. So grab yourself some rubbing alcohol for that cleaning, um, cleaning up. And on the cleaning up, Just make sure you've got some either some kitchen towel or um, I buy this uh, is called I just call it blue roll. And it's like this big, massive roll of paper towel that you that's blue that you can buy from industrial like cleaning suppliers online. And that's really economical because you will spill things you want to you will want to wipe down your surfaces. So some blue roll or some kitchen towel is something that you're going to need labels. So when you're making your um, first trials of your fragrance accords, you're going to want to make sure you label all your bottles. So just get some little sticky labels um, that you can use for your blends. And talking of recording your blends, you will want a book. So make sure you grab have a book either it's up to you like i really like to write on paper and um, so i use a formulation sheets maybe and i've got a notebook as well and what i like to do is jot everything down as i'm working working in an analog way on paper or in a, a book like a notepad Um, is where I start. And then I will transfer it to a computer afterwards. One of the things that you don't want is to have your laptop on or your phone or anything, you know, anything digital on your workspace when you're making perfume, you will spill things, you'll knock things over, like hopefully not too often. (laughs) Um, But accidents do happen, right? So you want to keep any electronics away. So I prefer to work on paper first, 
and then transfer it. As you are learning your your perfume materials, as you're building up your olfactory memory, you're going to want to create a record of your observations. Um, and so a, a dedicated notebook is something or several notebooks, depending on what you what you like to use, um, is a fundamental piece of your kit. OK, what else do we need? Obviously, you're going to need some bottles um, for your finished fragrances. You can find these online. There are so many um, lovely bottles that you can find now for, you know, like not very much money at all. Um, screw cap. So there are a couple of different types of bottles that you find in perfume perfumery, really. So the kind of perfume bottles that you find in commercial fragrance for commercial fragrances are to have something called a crimp cap. Now, a crimp cap is where you can't remove it afterwards. I don't recommend that you get those when you're starting out. Buy a perfume bottle with a screw top which means that it's just easier for you to fill. You don't need any special equipment to seal the bottle shut. Um, you can. There are a couple of different types of crimp cap. For those of you who are doing this professionally and you do want to buy from some of the bigger suppliers and you end up seeing only bottles with crimp caps, there's a couple of different types of crimp cap. The regular crimp cap, you need a special machine, a piece of machinery to actually crimp that cap, that sprayer, onto the bottle and it can't be removed. Um, but you do need a piece of equipment for that. There's another type of cap that you might see called a self crimp. And they are a crimp cap, but actually the sprayer, you put it on the top of the bottle and then you get a little kind of like mallet or something, a little device that you can you can like use to, to tap the cap on. Once you've tapped it on, you can't take it off again. But a self crimp means that does what it says on the tin, right? It's a, it's a cap that that crimps itself with a little bit of a tap. Um, but when you're starting out, I would just say get some screw screw top um, perfume bottles. That's a whole lot easier. Those are the ones that I use for my perfume making classes. What else do you need that I haven't covered? So stirrers. So you might want if you're making your blends in beakers, you might want a little stirrer to give it a give it a mix up. You can buy these metal ones or you can buy glass stirring rods from lab supply companies. The other thing that you can do, actually, if you don't want to splash out on stirrers, get some cocktail sticks, little disposable wooden cocktail sticks, and just use that to stir your little your blend. Um, but you will have to throw that cocktail stick away. Obviously, you can't wash it because it's, a, it's, a, it's wood. Um, but yeah, you could use a cocktail stick instead if you don't want to splash out for a stirrer. But I like glass rods for stirring. I actually also like the metal stirrers that you buy from lab supply companies that have got a flat end because you can also use them for transferring like some fragrance materials. If you're using synthetics, um, some fragrance materials like vanillin and coumarin are actually powdered or crystalline and you have to actually scoop them out of the pot to dilute them. So if you buy a stirrer that's like a little metal rod, but with a flat bit on the end, they can sort of double up as a little bit of a scoop as well. So they're quite handy. Um, what else might you want? So finally, the other bits that you might want, these are not essentials, but they are things that I found that come in handy. So 
latex gloves. Not everybody likes to use latex gloves, but if you are doing a lot of measuring, diluting, weighing, pouring of alcohol, wearing latex gloves, you can buy them again online in, you know, sets of them. Um, they are quite nice sometimes to use to stop you spilling loads of stuff all over your hands. Um, silicon mats. So if you go onto eBay and search for silicon placemat, I found these little, they're super cheap. I think they're about a pound each. These um, square placemats that are kind of designed for like dinner mats, really, but they're made of thin silicon. And the silicon, it means you can wash them, you can wipe them down really easily, you can stick them in the dishwasher. I use those uh, in my studio at my in-person classes as a, as a little base. So I, on the desk that I give people a scale, I give them a silicon mat, they put their scale on there and they use that for measuring out their blends, which means that if they spill anything, it doesn't go all over the table. Now, I have my lab, my benches especially treated with chemical proofing. So if anyone spills anything, it's fine. But if you're doing this at home and you have got a desk or a polished wood surface, one of these silicon mats is going to be really useful, a really cheap, useful way to protect your work surface. So I would highly recommend you having a look for those. Um, what else? So the final thing that you will want is a place to store everything. Now, Perfume materials do smell quite strongly. So if you are doing this at home, if you're doing this in a spare room, you're going to want to store your perfume materials maybe in containers like sealed tubs so that the scent doesn't like waft through the house. Um, if you don't have a dedicated space, there are lots of different things that you can use to store your materials and your equipment in. So you might want to go to one of those like hardware stores and buy like these big um, boxes with lids that you can store stuff in. The thing that I used to do before I had a studio, when I was moving my, my materials around from place to place doing perfume workshops, I bought a big... Um, it was by, um, I forget the name of the company now. It's like a, like a building, like it's a DIY company. And oh, Stanley, that was it, Stanley. And it was called a Fat Max Toolbox. And it was designed for tools for like DIY or building. And it was actually this big toolbox with a removable top that was actually on wheels with a handle, like a big trolley. And that was amazing for storing all my perfume materials. It had a drawer for all the odds and, odds and ends and bits and pieces. So that's a really good um, thing. If you haven't got a dedicated space and you want to be able to put stuff away, a big toolbox like that is really handy. If you are setting up a dedicated space at home, one of the things that I found really useful before I had my studio was like a bureau, you know, like a writing bureau with cupboards underneath and you've got like a, a pull down flap that you can actually pull a chair up and sit at, like a writing desk that folds up. So, if you have got the space for one of those, I bought mine from Ikea, um, but I'm sure you can get them from many other places as well. Um, I found that super handy because I had a cupboard underneath where I could stash everything. I had shelves on top that I could put things in like books and, and what have you. But the actual pull down um, flap there was the, the um, storage space at the back, but the pull down flat made a really great workbench as well. So have a think about that. So you don't need to spend, as I said before, you do not need to spend a lot of money on equipment. And um, yeah, if you as you get 
further and further along, you know, maybe you want to splash out on better scales or, you know, a dedicated space. But right at the very beginning, don't let your the equipment and the things that you need stop you from making perfume. Um, you really can DIY it. You can bootstrap it. And um, yeah, so I hope that has been helpful for you. As always, do let me know if there are any other topics that you want me to cover or if you've liked this episode, just let me know. Give me a review and let me know by dropping me an email to podcast at karengilbert.co.uk. I will put all of the references that I've made in the show notes below. And also there is my getting started guide that you can download also that will give you if you want a written version of what I've talked about today. So hope that was helpful. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time.